0: It is Wednesday afternoon, and I am Adam Houston, the assistant sports editor at the Winston-Salem Journal. What you are actually about to listen to is Tuesday's podcast that was recorded but was unable to be uploaded due to technical difficulties. So, I hope you enjoy it. it is Tuesday this is the weekly prep zone podcast for the winston-salem journal I'm Adam Houston and I'm Keegan Lowe and we decided to open it up with a little bit different flow this week <laughs> a little bit more fun uh, transitioning from winter sports we have the start of spring sports this week you were at the Forsyth Cup opener an opening game in the Forsyth Cup tournament girls girls soccer tournament. Mm-hmm. What did you see, what did you cover last it night? It didn't really feel like spring, I'll tell you that, it was, a little, it was a little nippy out there. A little chilly. Yeah, it was a little chilly, but uh, yeah, so there was... Well, I mean, think about this, college baseball has been going on for like two weeks. I it? know, yeah, and think about the schools like in Ohio and Illinois that still have to play, I, mm-hmm. I can't even fathom that. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, just even, even baseball in Appalachian State. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. That's... Up in the mountains, I, a friend of mine, she played softball at Lees McRae mm-hmm. in Blowing Rock, and she said that they had to come down the mountain to play some of their early season games <laughs> because there would still be snowing up there. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. But uh, play their game. I think they played their home games at South Caldwell High School huh. in Hudson. Yep. And just, that's funny that just coming down the mountain makes, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a very, a very interesting thing. But uh, yeah, so the Forsyth Cup last night, um, Jay was at, there's eight teams obviously for those not familiar with the tournament, um, seeded one through eight based on last year's tournament results. Jay was at West Forsyth covering two games. I was at Mount Tabor covering two games. Um, the first game I saw was... Second-seeded uh, Bishop McGinnis against seven seed West Stokes. Um, Bishop got the early one nothing lead, I think about six, seven minutes in, and then West Stokes scored four unanswered goals and, and kind of dominated the game. They had, a, they had a pair of forwards, West Stokes did, that just, that were just, just too quick um, for mm-hmm. Bishop McGinnis and, and their defense. Um, coach Ray Alley, the Bishop McGinnis coach, said that um, they were replacing their entire back line and their goalie from last year. Everyone played. It wasn't even like they were backups on varsity last year. Their entire back line and their goalie were JV starters. Um, and so Whoa. this being, you know, their first big test of the season, it was it was tough. He mm-hmm. just there was just some miscommunication well, it's also there. The first big test on the first day of the season. Yeah, exactly. So it was just <laughs> I mean, a lot. They've going been, on been practicing. There. They've been practicing. I think since February first. Yeah, I think they, I think they get about two weeks of practice, but yep. but still, yeah, it's uh, so that was rough. So so West Oaks. I mean, maybe February thirteenth. Yeah, February. Yeah, I think it's February thirteenth. February thirteenth. Um, so, so that, that was an upset by seed. I mean, it, this, the seeds are weird because they're based on last year's results, so you never know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not really indicative of how the teams may be this year. But, but by seed, West Stokes um, upset Bishop in the first game. And then my second game was uh, third-seeded Mount Tabor against number six, Glenn. Um, Tabor scored 34 seconds into the first half and 26 seconds, 28 seconds, excuse me, into the second half and won 2 nothing. Um, so, yeah, I kind of let off my story was if there were any early season jitters on the first game of the season, then, <laughs> then Mount Tabor got rid of them quickly because, I mean, scoring 34 seconds into it, um, that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's almost yeah. that's that's hard to do, too, It's scoring 34. I mean, he, well, just to get from half field to the goal in 34 seconds is kind of tough. <laughs> I mean, at the start of games, at the start of games, and especially at the start of the second half, coaches have talked about winning, you know, and it's kind of like the same in basketball. They, you know, you want to win the first four minutes coming mm-hmm. out of half times in basketball. In soccer, I think it's about the first ten minutes that are that can be crucial because everybody's still, you know, getting back up. Mm-hmm. So to have someone to have a goal sneak yeah. in in thirty-four seconds and twenty-eight seconds, yeah, twenty-eight seconds in the second half, yeah. I mean that's that's coming in right off the bat. I knowing, know, usually, and that's knowing the importance of a fast start. And usually, I was thinking <laughs> by the first, I don't know of any more cliches I could throw out <laughs> right at that moment. I feel like the first usually in kickoffs anyway, but especially the first game of the year, you might. Kick it back and you know get some passing going, get everyone to mm-hmm. touch, and that was forty five seconds right there. But no, yeah. uh, Mount Taylor no, having not know that. Usually, <laughs> it's, they usually have two players right there at the ball. One of them inches it forward and they go back. And they and go back and yeah, yeah. back and try to set the set up their offense. I have seen teams. I, forgot, I forget which game it was. It As long it was a while ago, like they would. I think somebody moved it forward. And then instead of working it back, they had, they had somebody just streak down the sideline and then just send it on like that. And, and I do remember that almost resulted in the score. I, like I said, I sound like I'm making this up because I don't remember the teams. <laughs> the it might context be fake games, n- don't know. Fake games. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that's, a, that's, how, that's my method of madness in FIFA when I'm playing. Yeah. I just get the ball and go straight. I'm not going backwards. If I get the ball at half, half field, I'm going forward. So, uh, yeah, I don't think hey, how, how are you at FIFA? I'm decent at best. My, my my defending is a little iffy. I I am not big on defending, honestly. I just go for the slide tackles. So a lot of times that gets me in some trouble. But I can score with the best of them. 'em. I've never I've never played FIFA. Oh really? Really? Uh, yeah, that I've was never I've never played FIFA like against a computer, never played it online. I wasted anything. entirely too much time in college playing FIFA. Yeah. You know, the time I think that back, was, like, I should have home Like that came about after our I left yeah. college. Yeah, that, like, that was like the big thing. FIFA? Yeah, the rise of FIFA, yeah. Um when I was in college, it was Madden Online yeah. and Halo 2 Online. Okay. Our big thing was uh, FIFA, NHL, and Tiger Woods. Those were our, our three that, that we really played a lot. Which are I weird because those aren't the three most popular sports. But. I did play a lot of Tiger Woods golf in college, too. Oh, yeah. That was. Oh, I had some intense matches <laughs> with a roommate. I mean, like one, <laughs> one time, you know, we're sitting there, and match play. We're at Beth Page, and I've, like we're, we had our own user profiles, and they were all jacked up too because <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had so much money <laughs> yeah. that we just you know had buy the, the nicest level clothes up. too. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's like I think I had the John Daly swing, okay. and <laughs> I had it set up like that, and no lie, I hit a second shot on one of the one of the holes, and it was a sand wedge. Thing takes off, and it immediately starts that slow heartbeat. Oh, that's awesome, man. Like when, because that's when you know it's going in. Yeah. My roommate takes the controller, slams it on the ground. He's like, damn it, how do you do that every time? I hate you. I mean, it was so bad, like so tense. You could cut it with a knife. I mean, no, those, everybody's focused. Those get intense. Those might get more intense than FIFA NHL because it's just a slow build up too. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's all coming down to yeah. that last I, hole or two. But yeah, th- those yeah. those definitely cause some fights in uh, in dorm rooms across across America. I think. Yeah, I lost that match too. It was the one that got away. <laughs> I'm I still smart about it, and he and I still talk about it. Wow. It's like, yeah. do you remember this one time where we <laughs> wanted to kill each other over a golf video game? That was awesome. Uh, but back to, back to what we were talking about. Yeah, I don't about. even remember what we were talking uh, about. We were talking about the Forsyth Cup. Oh, yeah, we started talking <laughs> about FIFA. Yeah, FIFA. Yeah, sorry, uh, I put in FIFA in, for no in the other games, Jay Spivey covered the two other games last night. <clears throat> Excuse me. West Forsyth, uh, the top seed in the tournament, defeated number eight seed Reagan 5 to nothing, and... Excuse me, East Forsyth won seven two over Reynolds. Yeah, so Jay had some goals over there. Yep. Look, fourteen goals in two games. That's, that's, I guess, early season. I guess you kind of expect that. Maybe it takes probably harder to uh, to coach defense and, and gel on defense more than offense. And that will I'll say that was for something for Tabor, um, who didn't let up a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, coach Matt Smith and Mount Tabor said that their entire defense um, returned from last year, and so he thought they were um, a lot. A lot more prepared for the beginning of the season than probably teams will face just because, you know, they have that continuity from, from last season. So right. we had junior Brooklyn Barry scoring two goals for the Titans last night. Yeah, she's a stud. Yeah, I remember her from mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, she I think that's like an average game for her, two goals, which is right. saying something, but yeah, she's impressive. Uh, can't believe, and in other spring sports as well. Uh, you actually wrote an advance over the weekend. Uh, North Davidson baseball coming back as a defending state champ in Class 4A. Um, you know they were down the new. It's a it's basically a new team. Yeah, that's what that's kind of how I off my article too. Is that, yeah, they're the defending state champs, but no one is really. You know, you know, it's not it's not your It's not like Winston Prep and Lincoln Charter like we were talking but earlier they really, where they return their whole roster. They, right. they really don't. Um, but there is a lot of continuity in that. Uh, new coach Coach Griffin yeah. was on staff for seventeen years under former coach Mike Meadows. Yeah, so yeah, so that is true. There is some. It, it's a new. T- it's a familiar new team. I guess right. if that makes sense. You know, right. everyone's and I'm sure Griff- kind of used to it. And I'm sure Matt Griffin will put his own twist on it a little mm-hmm. bit, but I feel that the process would remain the same. Yeah, and I remember talking to him over the summer when Meadows first resigned, and uh, talking to both of them, and they said, you know, things are going to be the exact same, pretty much. I mean, mm-hmm. at seventeen years, even if 17 years ago, they didn't originally do things the same way. By now, it's just kind of ingrained that that's how North Davidson does things. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure there will be maybe some, a few differences here there, but they will be pretty small. Um, but, yeah, on the field, North Davidson returns three starters um, from last year. Catcher Jed Bryant... Uh, Middle infielder Joe Butts, who played second base last year, sounds like he might move to shortstop. So he's going to replace Jackson at short. Yeah, might replace Jackson Meadows there at short, who went on to uh, is now at UNCW, which is also the reason. um, It was one of the reasons, yeah, Yeah, because he wanted to see his son play college baseball. Yeah, it's hard to watch your son play college baseball if you're also coaching baseball. You know, at the same time that a lot of those that would not have been Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of free time there. I mean, it's Um, the same with. Football coaches who send their football playing sons off to college. Yeah, you know, but at least there it's a you know a Friday night and a <laughs> Saturday you could still maybe do that. But baseball, it's you know you, I mean unless you want to drive to Wilmington for the the Sunday game, that's really all you got. So um, <laughs> yeah, that was going to be difficult. And then the third returning starter for North Davidson after Jed Bryant and Joe Butts is Austin Beck, right. who played right field um, for North Davidson last year and now is moving over to center field. Austin Beck, probably one of. North Davidson's best players a year ago uh, tore his ACL before a second round playoff game. Is up yeah? It was a second round oh, yeah. playoff game. I was I actually covered that game. It was the only baseball game I covered last year. Uh, I <laughs> so saw you it was in bad luck for Austin back <laughs> it me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I remember because I was sitting down at the table with Kip Childress. He and I heard about an injured player and I actually saw him getting taken up the stairs. And leaving, with, I, we just knew it was a knee injury. Nobody okay. knew the severity because it had literally just happened. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was before the, the game against Southern Pines Pinecrest. Black Knights went on to win 12 to two, I think, and obviously go roll on to a state championship. Yeah. But that, I mean, but they're getting back somebody who's really special. I see. I read in your story that he is a UNC commit. Yeah, he committed to UNC early. I, I mean, it was, it was before the injury. Um, I know that before his before the the injury in his junior year, so he's already committed. He apparently is back and fully healthy. I know he. So what that would have been in May, I guess, was probably the second round. So yeah, about it was around, nine, it was yeah, on that second weekend in May. Yeah, so about nine, a full nine months recovery. But uh, Coach Griffin said he's healthy. And he's going to move to center field, um, replacing E.P. Reese, who was mm-hmm. their center fielder and leadoff guy last year, who's yes. now playing baseball at NC State. Right. So and they're losing some major talent, but also kind of getting back some major talent in the sense that they didn't have Beck for, for basically their, their mm-hmm. entire playoff run. Yeah. Um, in that game last year, Reese hit a leadoff home run. Yeah, no, he was kind of the right. – He was – because I, I think he took two fastballs, mm-hmm. if I remember right, and then he sent the third one over the fence in right center. That ball – when it left the bat, I remember watching it. and I'm like, "Well, that's you know just stand up double." And it just kept going. It it literally did, I don't think it got 25 feet off the ground, <laughs> and it just kept going. Yeah, he was a he was a special player. I know there was talk last year that he was a lot of scouts saw him. I know down the stretch run if he was going to go um, in the draft or not. He ended up um, making it known that he was probably going to go to NC State, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's where he is now. But yeah, he him and him and Meadows. Um, that that's two really big holes that that uh, that North Davidson's going to have to replace. The good thing is they're kind of replacing them with players they already have, and Austin Beck and Joe Butts, who have already proven that they are really good starting caliber players on a state championship team. So it might be you know the depth after that 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 Coach Griffin um, has a, has a tough time replacing. He says they have some talent there, but he just doesn't know how they're going to respond. I mean, when you have six new guys you're putting in the starting lineup. They're also replacing replacing their top two starting pitchers from last year, Colt Beaker and Landon Michael. So it's just a lot of unknowns there for them. I mean oh. but Coach Griffin was adamant sure. that they had talent. It was just how mm-hmm. quickly is the talent going to grow up. And I'm also sure that Coach Griffin could reach out to Coach Meadows. Oh yeah. At some point if there's some if there's if there's a question arising or an issue. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Meadows I'm will, not will Meadows be around. Is not, yeah, Meadows sure. is not divesting himself completely of oh, yeah, the Black Knights. I'm, nice I'm program. sure he's definitely around um, the program as much as he wants to be, because um, he was kind of the beloved figure there. I will say, Coach Griffin played at North Davidson in the early '90s, so he's North Davidson through and through too. Okay. Um, so yeah, so yeah, like like you said, I don't think much is much is going to change there, other than just see how how long it takes for those for those young parts to gel. Mm-hmm. We also had some. A little bit of breaking news on Friday uh, with former Davey coach DeVore Holman getting hired as the head coach of West Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually spoke with Coach Holman on Friday for a little story that I wrote up. Uh, you know, he's he's happy to get back into it uh, after walking away from Davey in the middle of last season, citing personal reasons. But it, I, I could, in speaking with him, you know, he it was tough to be away from football, and he's just glad to be back. Yeah, and I think that was, obviously – we don't know the, the whole details of the situation there, but it's not a surprise to me to see him jump back into football. I mean, he was talk about someone that was through and through. I mean, he was he was, I mean, was, was Davy all the way. Yeah, he was Davy all the way. He had been there for he a long time. Graduated he had, from there in '84, yeah. if I remember right. It was kind of Mr. Football too. I mean, had, yep. had done like football is just has been part of his life for seemingly forever. Um, so mm-hmm. it's not a surprise to me to see him land land on his feet at another good job in in, in the state. And and. And a credit to, I mean, obviously to coach Tim Devericks and the team, but that team, you don't want to say that they didn't miss their coach, but it didn't miss a beat. You couldn't tell they missed their coach if right. they did. You know, and I'm sure they did. I'm sure it was yes. difficult. Um, but, yet, yeah, like you said, they kept on rolling. And that was probably the most impressive thing we had in football season, just the way you can mm-hmm. – I can't imagine completely losing your head coach – very suddenly too, it was in the middle of a big week. I think it was like on Wednesday yes. of a big week. Uh, at the time, week. they were like seven and one, and yeah. they were three and zero. Oh yeah, I think so. And the then they just Piedmont. kept on rolling. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, th- that was that was impressive and in, in a testament to Devrickson and, and the rest of the team there. If I remember the timing right, I could be wrong on this, but it, it wasn't maybe a few days after their win over West Forsyth in that like on that hurricane night. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. you you were at that game, right? Yeah, I was, right? was at that yeah. game. Um, yes, but mighty impressive. Mm-hmm. No, uh, he said when I asked him, you know, what, what about West Caldwell attracted you to the job? Uh, number one, or quote, number one, I felt like it's a similar place. Obviously, on a smaller scale, the makeup of the school. Obviously, the last couple of years, they've had success with Coach Chip English, and it drew my attention. So they wanted me to go interview for it, and I was fortunate to get an interview. Uh, West Caldwell, and this goes back a little ways. When I was living in Catawba County and working there, they had, the Warriors were not good. At football, they just—they <laughs> to weren't. put it bluntly, <laughs> they weren't. I'm not going to mince words on that. They weren't. They weren't good, and covering their games was not fun. Uh, but last year they went 10 and 3 under Coach Chip English, and in three seasons they were 21 and 16 and made the playoffs the last two years. Wow! So, uh, going to a program on the rise, yeah. and actually, literally on the rise because they're moving up from 2A to 3A under the new alignment okay. that takes effect in August. I would wouldn't be shocked to see uh, Coach Holman kind of keep that thing riding too. I mean, he had Davy County kind of humming out uh, winning seasons after winning seasons, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the same at, at West Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, in four seasons under Coach Holman, Davy was twenty-two and twenty-one. So, <clears throat> so I'm sure, like like we just said, I'm sure he'll that program will pick up without missing a beat. Yeah, and I I bet Davy will. Uh, I think they proved last year that they'll be. Mm-hmm. They'll be fine without him, you know, just because right. they got a, I think they got a solid replacement in Devricks who committed full-time. You know, he, he's obviously he was the interim head coach for a while last year, but, but they, they committed to him full-time. Um, so, yeah, I, I think – David County should be, even though the CPC changes around a little bit, and they lose mm-hmm. Tabor, Parkland, and North Davidson, I, I would still expect that. Uh, expect that football conference to be pretty strong because East Forsyth comes in next year. Yep. So that three-headed monster between East Forsyth and West Forsyth and oh yeah, and Glenn too. Stephon Brown will be back. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna have that's With gonna, the gonna Bobcat, be good the Bobcats program. and the high-powered offense. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun conference to cover. Friday nights, and we're already thinking about <laughs> six months away, baby. We're talking football. <laughs> Uh, less than six months now, right? Yeah, we got less than six months. We're almost uh, roughly we're five and a half now at this point. When not? I don't know. <laughs> I think we got to start tab planning though. About nowish, got to start lining up our features, yeah. our photo shoots, and everything else. Coming up with a concept, <laughs> um, but we're not going to share that here because we have to wait. We got to blow away. <laughs> we got to blow away the competition. Uh, <clears throat> now on Friday night, sticking with baseball, but at a different level. You were at Wake Forest on Friday night what i mean gavin sheets like what can you say about it three home runs nine rbis i mean just out there at the launching pad at coach ball or couch ballpark yeah that was one of the more absurd things i had seen Mm -hmm. in college baseball um so gavin wake forest comes into their their three game series against usc last weekend two and three and gavin sheets who is their cleanup hitter kind of going to be the guy um that was in charge of placing will craig as kind of their power guy Mm -hmm. um he was hitting one Oh five through their first five games, had two hits and 19 at bats really struggling. And then all of a sudden he enters the Friday USC game and puts up three home runs, nine RBIs also had a two RBI double, um, in the left center field gap in the very first inning. Um, yeah, that, that was one of the more impressive performances I've ever seen at any level for, for really any sport. I mean, three, three home runs, title Wake Forest record, nine RBIs, title Wake Forest record. Um, I tweeted out that I it was, and none of those happened in the same game, you know, so the people with three RBIs didn't have, or three homers didn't have nine RBIs, nine RBIs. So I said it was probably um, the best offense performance in Wake Forest history. I think you'd have to say so. And then Wake Forest went on to win that game. They dropped the Saturday game and mm-hmm. then won the Sunday game to, to win the season, uh, to win yeah. the weekend series. And now their record's even at four and four. Yeah. I know I asked you this on Twitter, but do you feel different? Like, was your inner college baseball nerd satisfied? Being out there at the ballpark that night. it was Yeah, it was, like, good. it was good. Especially when something like that happens. You know, I mean, how yeah. can you not be uh, excited? And the weather was great out there. Um, was it baseball weather? It was baseball weather. I also had <laughs> forgotten that... Uh, I mean, I knew that they did this with football and basketball, but I would forgotten that they now sell beer there. And there's like a little All-American Lounge. They have some foothills there. So just... I mean, I wasn't obviously partaking. I was working. But they were <coughs> <laughs> they were, there were some people out. They were kind of like on the, on the new patio they have down the uh, left field line. Um, and it was like 4 o'clock on a Friday. I think some people cut out of work early. It was just a good atmosphere, I thought. It was, mm. it was good. It was, it was nice to see. The one drawback had to be the length of the game, though. I mean, it was yeah. about 3 hours, 56 minutes. If yeah, I remember I mean, the box score, right? Pretty much when you go to a Wake Forest baseball game, no matter if it's Friday when the Aces are pitching or if it's Wednesday when the mid guys are pitching. pitching. It, just expect four hours, I think, is the safe estimate. I mean, they won that Friday game 15-5. to mm-hmm. I forget the exact scores of the Saturday and Sunday game, but I know the winning team had over 12 runs in both games. You know, so, I mean, just that, that ballpark, just the it, way it plays with the wind and stuff. And, and Wake is just has been talented offensively, but you're going to need to score runs, and there are going to be some pitching changes there. So... Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're going to a Wake Forest baseball game, go ahead and map out 4 hours. But they sell beer I mean, so. But that's frustrating though. It's, I mean it's it's nice to be out of the ballpark, I admit, but I mean 4 hours. That's yeah. a long time to be sitting and watching baseball. Yeah, that's Just a make long sure time. That's a do, yeah. But that's a long time to be sitting and watching anything. Yeah, and it yeah, seems exactly. that it's worse game length is worse in college sports than it is at the pro level. Because yeah, the NFL, what I have noticed, the NFL at least keeps things moving. College yeah. college football, however, Takes forever. Well, college football they need to figure out the clock doesn't need to stop for every single first down. It just takes entirely too long. Like mm-hmm. just the game is longer than the NFL game, which doesn't make any sense. No. Um, and then the foul in college basketball also that they probably need to redo the way the fouls are done and go to the how uh, every every other level of basketball is quarters. Yes. And it, every gender besides. College boys or college men's basketball. Mm-hmm. So they probably need to go to quarters. Because so the, I mean, the, women, the women's game went to the quarter system in the last few yeah, years. Yeah, and the reason that's big is because the, the fouls reset, and they're actually going to experiment with that in the NIT this year in the, in the men's game. Mm-hmm. So, because teams are in the bonus for the last 13 minutes of the half, and it takes forever, whereas if there was 10 minute quarters, the fouls would reset, and they wouldn't be in the bonus so early, and the game would I mean, they could still be the same amount of fouls, but you wouldn't have to stop and shoot two free throws for the last 12 minutes. Um, so, it would just move quicker. Right. Um, so yeah, so I, I think there are a couple of rule changes. With with baseball it is harder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see the MLB getting rid of the intentional walk. Yes. I'm not quite sure how fast that's gonna speed up the game, but No, but it will it will make things like Auburn giving up a walk off home run on what should have been an intentional <laughs> ball that was lobbed <laughs> right into the dang zone. <laughs> and, and I was like I was just looked I was like Ah, oh, such an Auburn move. <laughs> yeah. Like you have one thing you have to do. Well, that right? could still happen because college just, baseball had not adopted the rule yet. So, which is throw mean, it <laughs> wide left, and then yet you throw it, you lob middle, it right <laughs> down the <laughs> middle against Vandy, and he just turns on it's it like BP fastball. Not even 5 yes. BP; it's probably worse than that. No, it was probably coming in there <laughs> at a nice solid fifty miles an hour, <laughs> just off, enough, just enough speed to get absolutely demolished over the wall, but, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which it did. Yeah, and that was the ball game. Yeah, so but. No, and I mean I, I haven't been out to the Couch Ballpark, but I I know what we were talking about is the dimensions of the park or the way the wind blows at the park. It seems to make it easier for the long ball and for the high power. Yeah, the, to the ball it. just carries there for whatever reason. Um, if you want to talk about the dimensions or the wind or whatever, the or just Wake mm-hmm. has. I think it's it, at this point. I think it's probably beyond Wake. Just has really good players because right. opposing teams do the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. so um, so far there's been four games out at out of couch ballpark so this year and the winning team has scored double digit runs in every single game. And that just that doesn't happen a lot in other you know, in baseball I mean you don't see you have to score, all right guys, we've got to score thirteen runs today to win this game. I mean usually it's like six and you feel pretty And that's good, a so. tall order coming in I mean regardless <laughs> of the ballpark, start, like just trying to stare down that number. I mean it's like trying to put up fifty points in a college football game, like no yeah. you yeah. have to get to fifty. Yeah. And I imagine it's also frustrating for, for some of the pitchers there. It's like because they know their ERA is going to yeah, take a Yeah, yeah. If you're at Wake, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you have a sub-3 ERA, you're really good. Eh, at Wake, like, just get, like, 4-5, and you're probably doing something right. So, yeah, it's a little difficult. And and there are stadiums mm-hmm. uh, across the country that are like that. But, but uh, One of them here, here in, in Newman Park down in Salisbury where mm-hmm. Catawba plays. It's a, it's a small ballpark. It's an old ballpark. But it jumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John. I mean, and they I guess like they even have like they even have like a twenty-five or thirty-foot wall yeah. in the outfield. It's cinder block wall, but even then, because just the park's so old and it is small and kind of hemmed in there by property. Uh, it's just that way. That's what I was thinking about with weight because the way their field set up—if you've never been out there—there there are some buildings behind the left and right field foul pole, so it would be hard to. I mean, they could do it, but they'd have to mm-hmm. demolish some things. But their their walls aren't their fences aren't very tall, so I thought worst case just make the fences twenty feet tall. But then you don't get the home run robs and stuff like that. So I guess it's a little less exciting. But it would it would keep the keep the runs down maybe a little bit, but... probably. But I mean, and <laughs> I'm I'm not a college baseball aficionado such as yourself. But I remember when they made the transition from the old bats, the BESRs, to the new BB cores, uh, and then in the next year, I think it was the next year, the year after. For the College World Series, they open up that massive TD Ameritrade yeah. Park, so they took out the offense and then put it in this giant where I think center field is about 420. Yeah, and talk about the wind—the wind blows Into. In the, yeah in the entire time. So I mean, you really have to absolutely—you have, you have to hit yeah. one like 450 feet for it to get out center field, I and mean, it's just—it's ridiculous. No whereas, matter what kind of bat you're using. Whereas I mean, whereas down the lines, it's probably a little bit easier. To the alleys, it's easier. But yeah, I mean, I just remember that that deep. Deep center field because at Rosenblatt and with the old bats, you had I mean pitchers blasting out three run homers. Yeah, I think they wanted to correct some of that, and then they overcorrected to the point. But I, I, they're trying to get it back. They they changed the ball I guess two years ago mm-hmm. um, to a flatter seam. The seams aren't raised as much, and it's similar to the ball they use in the minor leagues and professional. Um, and so the ball will carry more now because there's less drag on the seams. So they've done some things since then to try to help it out. Um, But, yeah, so it's a delicate balance, I guess. And it all, like we said, it all kind of depends on where you're playing, depending on if you need Mm -hmm. 15 runs or five runs that day. All right. Um, Staying with Wake Forest, big week for basketball. Big week for basketball. Louisville coming into town tomorrow night. Playing Pitt on Saturday in the regular season finale. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, played Pitt recently. My bad. I guess I was thinking about Carolina and Pitt on Saturday, or maybe I'm thinking about the Wake Pitt game last week. You're thinking about something, but you're not uh, about yeah, it last I oh, dropped <laughs> drop the ball on this. Keegan, save me, please. Uh, yeah, no, the Louisville game. I think I think so. Played Wednesday, March first. I think you could make the argument that this is the biggest Wake Forest basketball game, most meaningful basketball game played in March in a long time. I mean, they mm-hmm. haven't made the tournament since 2010, so I guess in seven years, right? Um, Wake. Forest basketball in March or actually actually means something at this point. Um, and instead the, of going to the ACC tournament for a day and then yeah, going your game. Yeah, come instead by. of just I mean, this time last year it's oh we gotta finish two and sixteen or three and fifteen. You know that, that's mm-hmm. all it was, and to be bluntly honest. And this year it's and the reason it's not just that, okay, yeah, they're still in the bubble. It's that this Louisville game at home, it's senior night for Wake Forest. It's the one thing that Wake Forest really needs, and that's a win over a top, put whatever number you want, top 25 win. I think they have one top 50 win now because Miami has since jumped up into the top 50 um, of the RPI, but they still don't have that signature win. I mean, you can't really hang your hat on beating Miami at home as your, as your go-to win. Um, but the Louisville win, if, if Wake Forest were to win tomorrow night, that would do that. I mean, the, the one blinding... Aspect of their resume that they don't have is... They won't have a signature, signature win. Signature win. And so this would be it. And, and, and even and the... the, the hard part technique. of it is, like, they've come close to it so many times. Oh, yeah. It feels and like they've just let it... Just It'd let be one it thing right if every, every time they played a good team, they got blown out. You mm-hmm. know, like, that's... Okay, that's fine. But maybe they're just not ready. But they're and We're not even going to run down the list yeah. because we've run down the list so many times There's and everybody no knows the list. Yeah, just go back and watch either Duke game if you want to know what or happens. Or the Florida State game. <laughs> or the Carolina game. Just... A- any, any any game we said we weren't going to run down the list, then we kind of ran down the list. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> the New Year's Eve Clemson game, <laughs> although I don't know if I count that as. Safe, yeah, that so that's but, ju- that was just a bad loss. Yeah, yeah, but that's another team that was at one point in the bubble, probably not anymore. But anyway, I digress. But so yeah, Louisville. Uh, this this is the game that Wake Forest needs if it if it seriously wants to make the NCAA tournament. It's going to have to win a game like this either tomorrow night against Louisville or mm-hmm. on Wednesday or Thursday in Brooklyn after they went already a couple games. So I think this is the one, if you're a Wake fan, you kind of circle it because it's at home. You've had, you had the weekend off, so you've had a week basically to prepare for this game. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think this is, this is, I don't want to say this is it for Wake Forest, but it kind of is it unless you're going to do some serious damage in Brooklyn. Um, which is a lot tougher to do, I would imagine. Yeah. Than I was a, just beat a home game, and win a home game against Louisville. I was just looking up some stuff on the Ken Palm real mm-hmm. quick. Wake thirty third in the Ken Palm right now. Louisville fourth in the Ken Palm. So that we talked about signature win. That is a definite signature win if wow. it if it goes the Deacons' way. And I will. And the season is not over if they lose. I mean, because no. they should lose this game. If we're being completely honest, they should lose to Louisville. They no should. one's expecting them to beat Louisville. Virginia Tech is a tough one to predict. Yeah, uh, at Virginia Tech, that's yes. another game that would probably that would win either of these games, and it's Wake's best one of the year because Miami at home Louisville is a decent also, win. Louisville but also fourth in the RPI. Yeah, as well, but so yeah, I mean, yeah, this sorry. definitely want to win the Louisville game, obviously, but mm-hmm. if you can just split these games, if you're Wake Forest, you cannot. I don't think you can go zero and two and make the NCAA tournament unless. You're talking about a thirty for thirty miracle run, and, and the, mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, you know, because they would have to win basically four or five games in four right. or five days. So, you got to find a way to split, I mean, and then even in Brooklyn, you'd still probably have to win a game or two. I think. I mean, I think if they make it a Thursday, they're firmly off the bubble and in the tournament. If they win one of these games, yeah, yeah. I, I think three wins doesn't mm-hmm. whatever three wins you want to get. So if you want to win both games this week and then just beat Boston College on Tuesday, you're probably in Mm-hmm. But I think it, you need three more wins to feel like you gave yourself a really good shot. Yeah. I'm not saying they what, would definitely be, but them, if but they only, the but if they only stay, I mean, I'm thinking if they only stay one day in the ACC tournament, even if they win both of these games, I mean, that's still kind of a letdown. Yeah, if you yeah, win both these still, games, if, then if, I go the lose com- if I were the selection, if I were the selection committee, I'd look at that. It's like, how do you beat these two teams and then lay an egg in the tournament? Depending on how bad your loss is, that yeah, game. that's why. That's why I think it's three. I think the only scenario where two gets it is if you beat Louisville, mm-hmm. lose to Virginia Tech, and then, beat, say, NC State. Maybe you could get the NC State game, mm-hmm. beat them handedly, and then lose a close one to, let's say, Virginia on Wednesday. Maybe that gets it, but you can't feel, you're can't. you not feeling great at that point. No. Um, so, yeah, three wins and you're feeling good. but mm-hmm. So winning, winning the only home game out of those mm-hmm. three would be big against Louisville. How nervous do you think the Deacons are at this point? Like, knowing that they're right there, like, squarely on top of that bubble. So I think you're either really nervous or you kind of have nothing to lose exactly. at this point. Well, because well, I think... Especially against a team like Louisville that no one's expecting you to win and beat anyway. Right. Well, I think it's also, at that point, you're, you're also loose because I don't think a lot of people expected Deacons to be in this position no, anyway. Yeah, so they are playing with house money in that regard. Even the most optimistic Wake Forest fan didn't it's kind of It's kind of like Georgia Tech. Nobody expected anything from Georgia Tech coming yeah. into this year, and yet here they are. Here are the Jackets, you know, making a run toward the yeah, ACC t- or the NCAA tournament as well. Yeah. I and think, they were picked 15th. I think if I right now, right. if you're t- kind of taking a big picture ACC look, it seems like nine bids is a safe bet. With Syracuse kind of being that ninth team that, that probably will get in. But 10 has always kind of been like, can the ACC get 10 in this year? The record is 11 in the Old Big East. Uh, mm. And I think that 10th spot, if the ACC is going to get 10, that 10th spot is going to be can Wake or Georgia Tech get that 10th spot. Um, so I think that's kind of your goal um, if if you're, Wa- so if you're a Wake Forest mm-hmm. fan. Hope for a lot of losses for right. Georgia Tech. And even Clemson and Pitt, just to kind of be safe. But I think Clemson and Pitt yes. are far enough out of it at this point. But well, you're, you're not a Georgia Tech fan if you're a Wake Forest fan. Looking at the, looking at the RPI, you know one of the committee's uh, tools for seeding the tournament, Wake is the ninth best in the ACC in the mm-hmm. RPI. And they're and 44th. They're way ahead of Georgia Tech, too. Georgia yes. Tech's, Georgia metrics, Tech's at 93. Yeah. And, I mean, and they're 17 spots ahead of Pitt, which is uh, the 10th best in the conference. I think Georgia Tech, it's, it's going to be kind of interesting to see if they both put themselves in the conversation, how the committee weighs Wake versus Georgia Tech, because they're basically the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Wake has the strong numbers but they didn't beat anyone of note. Georgia Tech has weak numbers in terms of RPI, Ken Palm, BPI, stuff like that. But they beat like North that. Carolina. But they beat North Carolina. They beat Florida State. They beat Notre Dame. I mean, they have multiple wins they can hang mm-hmm. their hat on where they said, look, we can we can beat the best teams. Wake has not done that yet. So that's the only difference between those two right now. And so mm-hmm. if Wake can beat a Louisville, beat a Virginia, okay. beat a whoever in the ACC tournament and close that gap and say, look, we have – Close to as many big wins as Georgia Tech, and we didn't, we don't have the bad losses, and our RPI is way better. Then I think your your claim for that tenth spot um, is a lot is a lot stronger. I I don't know if the ACC only gets nine in. I don't think Wake makes it unless Syracuse completely falls apart down the stretch and Wake does some damage. But I, I think you're hoping for ten if you're if you're a Wake. I mean, fan. I think the and the consensus I've heard and read is ten. Like I think if the ACC only gets nine in torches and pitchforks for everybody yeah i, I think 11 annapolis will burn to the ground i think tying the big east record of 11 is probably out at this point because i don't think you're getting syracuse wake and mm-hmm. georgia tech all in but i think i think 10 is the goal if you're the conference and if you're wake you have just a strong case of anyone to be that 10th team but it would be nice if you could win one more game <laughs> one more big game yeah get off that bubble yeah exactly cuz cuz we why talked about chance. this before even if even if you then you're in the Dayton game and you don't want to be in the Dayton game I mean no. you want to be you want to be on that Thursday or Friday yeah. you don't want to be playing that Tuesday Wednesday yeah. set I mean cuz you're excited and then you're like oh but now we have to board a plane and, and it's also like if you don't if you're not and this is personal and whatever I've never viewed the first 4 as anything part of the NCAA tournament, you're not. Yeah, you're, yeah. They, you I can mean, hang a banner that said you made the NCAA tournament, but if you lose that first four game, did you really make the NCAA tournament? No, <laughs> no, you didn't. Because the NCAA tournament doesn't start until noon on Thursday. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> like there, you just played a somewhat meaningless yeah. game that nobody's going to remember. Yeah, I'm, I might watch it just. Mm-hmm. I mean, if to we, try to get myself in the, in the in the mood for the NCAA tournament, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not living and dying with every with every no. shot right and, and every other game. I'm also against the NCAA tournament expansion. Oh, Sam. I, I think we need to I move think it's a 64. To 64 is perfect. Yeah. 96 is too much. 96 is entirely too much. I mean, even now we're talking about a Clemson and Pittsburgh team who are, I do mind you, 4-12 in ACC play. They've won 25% of their ACC games. And if it was a 96-team field, they would for sure be in. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I don't care at how good the you know is. At that point, you know what you are? You're the NCHSAA playoffs. Yeah, oh yeah. In which entirely too many teams get in. Yeah. It's like in, in the 1A, what, 1A football where teams were getting in, like, 2-9 like and nine record, 1-10. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just... I'm all for people having, but the playoffs or the tournament should be the best of the best. I don't need to watch yeah. a 4-12 team. No, and, I mean, that's really also... Done. Like, also, you get the best of the mid-majors, and you get, you know, and you get some mid-level major conference teams that produce good games. Mm-hmm. You know, that produce those 12-5s. And Syracuse last fun. year, I mean, they were pretty firmly on the bubble for almost the entire year and then they go to the final four so I I think at 60 even at 68 you can get some bubble teams that can make some noise but once you start getting to 96 those teams probably aren't adding much anyway Mm -hmm, but I never thought I would be champion for no more college basketball but at this point I think I am so well I and I never thought I would be like maybe I'm old school but then again here I am so don't change it yeah Yeah. we're gonna feel like bitter old men and, and this is like what I feel like people always talk about, like, oh, you're just keep up with the times or whatever, and, but know, I'm kind of stuck in my way with this one. Yeah, well, but, I mean, I just think it'd be better yeah. for the entire game. Of course, a lot, <laughs> so of people, a lot of people thought ACC expansion wasn't a good idea, and yeah. here we are. That is true, yeah. Best basketball conference in the land. Mm-hmm. Going to go Brooklyn, New York, too. That'll, that'll be an experience. Oh yeah. You so excited for that one? I am excited, yeah. It should be fun. We'll see how long the uh, mm-hmm. the deeks can stay and keep it interesting for folk down here in Winston Salem, but it should it should be a good time. Okay. Well, uh, that'll be it. Uh, bachelor Sucks now, so we're not even gonna try that. Bachelor now. sucks now, yeah. It does. I agree, I agree with that. <laughs> so that segment is over. Sorry. I'm not gonna finish that because nobody cares. We'll have to figure out a pod schedule for the rest we will. of the week. Yeah, if we're gonna do another one. This week, or because since I'll be in Brooklyn next week, it might be tough. Yeah, when do you leave for Brooklyn? Monday. Ooh, yeah, that'll be that'll be hard. Yeah, so Definitely. we might you might be without a pod for like a week or two. Well, we'll we'll figure. We something could out. figure something out. Yeah. I mean, if we can't do it here in the office, we can't do it here in the studio. Sorry, not the, the, the not studio. the con- not the conference room, in the studio because <laughs> we're fancy over here. I will set it up anyway. Uh, that'll be for us to work out. Thank you very much for listening to the weekly Winston-Salem Journal Prep Zone podcast. Once again, I am Adam Houston. He is Keegan Lowe. He is the smart one. I am the guy with the air horn. That's it. We hope you all have a good week.